You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I'm your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Because today is the best of, best of, the best of, the best of. That's right, today is our best of, best of. We should really get some Christmas bells in there, I uh, maybe next year it'll be in the budget, but you know, to sound nice, some sleigh bells, you know, uh, you know, ringing some old sleigh Wyatt going and ringing, uh, we'll play those sleigh bells and that would be a great way to say festive best of, but until then it's just a festive best of the best of the festive. That's all it is until uh, next year when we get a bigger budget. Uh, but folks, Today is the fest of best of. So what today is, it is the best of talking wrestling in the past year. Holy smokes, what have we got for you? We have got oh some of your favorite guys that have been on the past year. Some of your favorite wrestlers that have been on the past year. It's been another good year for talking wrestling. But before we get to the episode, before we get to the issues on hand, you know what you got to do. You got to hit us up on all those social media outlets. You gotta hit us up on the old uh, on the Spotify at uh, at the Spotify on the uh, Talking Wrestling on Spotify, or you can hit us up on the old uh, Twitter at TNW Pod. Don't be afraid to go give us a liking and a favorite there. Uh, if you're on Instagram, Talking Wrestling Instagram, that's where we are. We are at well, we are on Instagram. We are Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. That's where we are. Uh, send us an email or a Gmail at uh, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, check us out on Facebook at our Facebook group, Talking Wrestling. Uh, on the Facebook, that's where we are. Uh, you can find all the episodes that go up there. Uh, not only that, if you are on, uh, what is it, uh, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we will send you a 1984 postcard of a wrestler from that year. So uh, maybe you should do some Googling and figure out what wrestlers you want. But what's more important is let's get those reviews in. If you're new to the show, send in a review. If you're old to the show, do another review. Get another postcard. That's how it works. Get a postcard. We want to send these postcards out, especially this time of year when it's the best of, best of. Um, Yeah, and let me tell you, we have got a great episode for you today. Uh, today you're going to hear, you know, favorite of the show, Jeff McHenry, my roommate who is always on the show. You're like, why is he always on the show? Well, most of the people that write into the show tell us they love him when he's on. So that's one reason. But number two, he was supposed to be, uh, originally on the show every week, but then he decided he didn't want to do it. So now I make him come on more than enough. Uh, Jeff McHenry will be on the show. You'll hear uh, Nug from Aftermath. He will be on the show. Uh, 
uh, Ontario indie wrestler El Tornado. He'll be on the show. Comedian Fiona O'Brien. Uh, Tommy Campbell will be on the show. Uh, wrestlers such as Cole Cabana, RJ City will be on the show. Uh, Rudy Blair, three, three, he's making his third appearance on the Festive Best of. Uh, only Jeff McHenry has done that. Uh, but now Rudy Blair. Dave Merhej from uh, the Jerry D, uh, Mr. D series, and also from Rami uh, on uh, Hulu, which has been nominated for a Golden Globe this year. Uh, Dave Merhej is on along with Patrick Akeem, who's been on. This will be his first time on the Best of Festive, uh, Festive Best of. You'll also hear from uh, Calgary, Sam Walker, along with Jason Rouse, uh, you know, and uh, who else will you hear? You, there's so many people on the show today. Uh, Colt Cabana will be uh, on the show. Uh, the boys from uh, Halifax, Andrew Vaughn and uh, Travis Lindsay. Uh, Travis Lindsay, who has a brand new album out. Uh, check it out on Apple Music. Uh, check it out now. It's in stores. Uh, it's unavailable on iTunes. Uh, Dan, the mouth Lavarsky. Making his first appearance on the Best of Best of this past year from the uh, legendary show Live Audio Wrestling, The Law. Uh, not only that, um, of course, we had a great drive right along with uh, Jimmy, the mouth of the South Howard. And, of course, he makes the episode, obviously. But, um, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's just get to this show because we've got too much show on this Best of Best of. And uh, it's been a great year, and I'm glad you guys are are uh, hanging in there with me for another year. And uh, you know, this is a third fest of best of, and I enjoy doing these every year. And I hope you guys enjoy too. So uh, right now, we're going to open up the best of best of with uh, one of our favorite guests over the years. Always a pleasure when he drops by the show. We'll probably be on the show very very soon. Uh, Nug from Aftermath. Uh, of course, for you Americans that don't know what Aftermath is, Aftermath is a uh, WWE-based show of that reviews the WWE weekly up here on Sportsnet at 360. And uh, Jimmy Corderas is one of the hosts. Uh, Santino Morella is another one of the hosts. And, uh, re- well, Renee Young used to be a host of it. And Nug Nagarag is uh, also one of the hosts. And a brilliant wrestling mind, as well as the GM of uh, Greek Town Wrestling in Toronto, and uh, always a treat having Nug on. And we had him on, and we were discussing the uh, upcoming Royal Rumble and uh, any predictions. And well, here's how it went. Predictions? Um, any predictions for the Royal Rumble? Who do you like? Who do you want to win, I, and I, who do you see winning? I always pick Repo Man. I always pick Repo Man. I always <laughs> think Repo Man's going to come back. I think he's going to take the ring bell. I think he's going to take the ropes. Uh, I always say, whenever you, anybody you asks Vince me. Is having, I would love the Repo Man to show up in <laughs> AEW after two of their pay-per-views don't go well, and he shows up and starts repoing their stuff from Vince. Repo, repo Man. And Vince sent the Repo Man. Such a beloved character for me i love repo man um i always there's always going to be a couple of names that show up like some surprises and i don't necessarily need like another 60 year old former superstar to come out but it would be nice to have a guy who maybe's bouncing around other places not doing anything show up for just the rumble just yeah. show up come on in uh, throw a jack swagger in there throw a ryback in there why not for fun just for one show mm-hmm. here's money here's have a fun time um 
I look always. I always look forward to the surprises at the Rumble. Yes. Uh, how Co- how Kofi's going to escape? You know yeah. how Kofi's going to stay in the match. That's one 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 thing. I, I I always like yeah like the perfect year that you're talking about is when RVD came out at 15. Yes. Just in the middle. Just in the middle. And just he did his thing. You and didn't he, think and he was going to win it. It was cool that he was there. Yeah. It was just really cool that he was there. And then I also like when feuds begin in the Royal Rumble. That is my absolute favorite thing, where two guys who aren't on the same show, or maybe two guys who are but never interact, one surprisingly eliminates the other, and that guy's like, I'm going to fuck you up on Tuesday or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or when or when tag teams. Yes, go and they go, shrug, buddy, it's every man for himself. I love that. Like, demolition is always the best example. <sighs> to start uh, that rumble with demolition. The, and just the fact that they're like, you know... You guys could just sit there and wait for the third person and nope. then just dumb down on them. No, no. not at all. Not I still, at all. I just, the Rumble's always fun. The countdowns. Hogan the, Warrior. Hogan Warrior. Uh, where Austin just kept tossing guys and waiting for the next guy to come in. Like, Sitting on the thing. It's always fun. The fact that the very first one was won by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, in Hamilton. In Hamilton. Like, just the history of the Rumble is always so cool. And every year the Rumble is always a big deal. My wife, who isn't a huge wrestling fan, is like our anniversary this year is on the night of the Rumble, yeah. and she's and she's like, it's our anniversary, but do you do you want to watch the Rumble? Like I understand, and I was like, I kind of want to watch the Rumble, but I don't want to wreck our anniversary. I can watch it Monday morning because you, you can watch it whenever now. Yeah. But I also said maybe I'll build up enough goodwill over the weekend that you'll just say go ahead and watch the Rumble. There's a woman's Rumble. I know. And I love that, too. I, I love, love it. that now we get two Rumbles. We get two Rumbles, and the ladies' Rumble is always fun because they don't have 30 people. So you've got to bring in surprises. Surprises. And, and especially this year. Like, last year, they brought out all the surprises, like all the legends. Yeah. This year, I'm like, bring out NXT. Give me all those girls from NXT. All the people you want. The uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, yeah. Maria Shafir and uh, Jasmine Duke. And then... All the people like Aaliyah, who's a Toronto girl, mm-hmm. and give me, give me all the, all those girls, all the Japanese women they've just signed. Bring them all out. Bring everyone, and Trish Stratus. All right, yeah, Trish, she, she's done enough. I'd feel bad I, for Trish. Like every now and then, they must give her a ton of money for her to come back. But I always feel bad that she's going to get hurt. But she always looks so good. She does. She looks great, and she like, it's not like like when she when you watch Lita wrestle, it's like. Okay, a little sloppy here and there. But when you watch Trish, there's no sloppiness. There's like no ring rust. It's like where you must be hitting the, like whose ring are you practicing in in Toronto? I'll add uh, Greektown. She was wrestling with a lot of guys from Greektown. Really? Yeah, a lot of That's people up in, up in Rob Fuego's ring. Uh, Fuego, you've heard his name on Edge and Christian show because they always trained with Rob. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got a ring, and they just set it up in a warehouse, and Trish went to town. There was nice pictures of all of our Greektown guys working with Trish before her big uh, Oh, that's fantastic. Because that's what I wanted. Like, who is she working with, and how does she get so ready? Yeah. I was like, there, there's got to be, you know, like, obviously, there's probably tremendous respect for that she has for wrestling in in Toronto mm-hmm. as well as wrestling in general. So. Absolutely. So there we have it. There is Nug talking about the Royal Rumble. And uh, I don't know how you people feel like it. Uh, you people feel. But uh, th- that's what my favorite things are about the Rumble. And Nug and I have to agree. And uh, that is a great way uh, to start off the festive, best of. Because Nug is very, very passionate about wrestling. And uh, speaking of passion about wrestling and how to start off an episode, 
um, these next two guests, well, they're two separate clips. First of all, we're going to hit uh, three-timer, three-timer festive best of from Rudy Blair Media, Rudy Blair. And we're going to show you how to start off a podcast uh, on talking Wrestling. Rudy Blair does it the best way. And then we'll go to Calgary to recent first-time guest on the show, Chris Gordon, comedian out of Calgary, uh, who is known as Chris Gordon, might be known as Chris Gorgeous to some of you fans. Uh, by, by any no means, he, the man is the man of many names, but Chris Gordon will show, will show you uh, how, to not, how to not start a podcast here on Talking Wrestling. So um, we're going to set up those clips right now, and we're going to play them for you back-to-back. So coming up, we got Rudy Blair from Rudy Blair's uh, Media, and uh, who's one of our favorite guests, and one of our new favorite guests, uh, Killstroyer himself, Lyrical Miracle, Chris Gordon. These are the next two clips you're hearing here on the Best of Best of Talking Wrestling. And my guest is here, who I just saw two weeks ago at SummerSlam, and it's nice revisiting with him right now. Rudy Blair's on the show from Rudy Blair Media. How you doing, Rudy? I'm good, man. Great seeing you. And as I've always said, when it comes to wrestling podcasts, you're the best, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's great. Uh, you hear that, JR? Suck it. <laughs> um, I was going to say Cornette, but Cornette's got an army. And Jr. just just sounds old and bitter. Yeah, but you know what? There's also an army that can't stand Cornette. You know, I mean, there oh, are yeah. wrestlers that want to beat him up these days for all the things that he's been saying. Well, you know, he hey, uh, great news. You know, you know, you made it when Cornette hates you. Yes. So congratulations, RJ City. You've made it. This is where this is your fame. Like there you go. You know, he had a duet with Joey Ryan's dick, <laughs> and he's wrecking the business. <laughs> Yeah, and, and which is funny because we before that happened, we talked uh, about it on this podcast. Yeah, how he was gonna battle Joey Ryan's dick. What was his plan? That's crazy. And he said he was going to basically embrace the penis uh-huh. and become its friend. Mm-hmm. Thus, there won't be no need for the dick flip. I'm 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 happy for him. And what he did I'll... was he uh, he pulled out a microphone mm-hmm. and he sang a duet and he put that microphone to the penis of Joey Ryan. And did his penis sing? Yeah, it sang and in tenor. It was beautiful. The voice of the penis of Joy Ryan was beautiful. And shout out to Nug, who was the voice of Joy Ryan's You penis. realize you've put this in my head, and now I'm somehow going to dream this. You well, it's viral. That? You can watch it. Somehow I'll be singing to it or whatever. It's, it's fantastic. But ugh. I said, if someone would have just embraced Hulkamania and started shaking with him and said, this is fun. Maybe he wouldn't have attacked you so so you know abruptly. You See, know? this is the thing I love about podcasts these days. I love and hate. I'm going to say love and hate. And mm-hmm. The reason why is uh, love because you get to hear all these incredible stories that are going yes. on, and all these things are going on in the background. The sad part is kayfabe, of course, completely gone. So when you're watching something, uh, a wrestling show or whatever, you really they have to work harder. To, to get, get it over. to be invest, yeah. invested into it. Because before, all I had to do was just go, okay, it's 3 o'clock, I'm watching Vancouver Wrestling. I'm already invested, even before it started. Yes. Now, I'm sitting back there and going, okay, since I know the story behind all this, suck me into this. Bring yeah. me into this. And I like it when sometimes when something happens, and uh, and then a feud happens out of the reality yes. of what's going on. And I think that's smart. So there we have it. Now, well, let's go to Chris Gordon. 
Welcome back. No, no. <laughs> quiet, quiet, quiet. I got to oh, do this. Sorry. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. Talking Wrestling. And I am your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Our guest today, he cannot wait, but he's going to have to. Because before we get to our guest. Chris Gorgeous is his name. Let's settle down. Before we get to our guest, you got to hit us up on uh, on the TNW pod. That is on the Twitter, at TNW pod. Uh, go give us a tweet. Give us a like. Give, give us a life. Give us a favorite. <laughs> you you giving us a like. Get we'll a breathe, life, dude. We, we'll give us life. Uh, hey, not only that, how about um, hitting us up on uh, Facebook, Talking Wrestling. Uh, that's where we are on Facebook. Hit us up on, uh, where else are we? Spotify, Talking Wrestling is on Spotify right now. Go to Spotify and listen to this episode or the next one. Whatever you like. Casey, uh, do you have a Twitter? Yeah, we do. We already done Twitter. Oh, do you have a website? No, no, no. Can I just finish? <laughs> We're going to hit them all. We don't have a website. You want to complain about it, go to our Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, what else do we have? We have the Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. That's what that one is. And um, TikTok. No, we're not on TikTok. Yet. Yet. No, we're not going to go on okay. TikTok. What about Vine? Do you have a Vine? Vines do not exist anymore. Um, <laughs> we do not tout either. Um, MySpace. We're, we're, no, Tom does not like wrestling. Okay. Uh, so we are on Facebook, which we've covered. We are on the Twitter, which we covered. We are on uh, Gmail, which we covered. We are on Spotify. Oh, if you uh, follow us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe us. Give us a favorable rating. Or no, give us a five-star rating, favorable review, and we'll send you a wrestling postcard from the year of 1984 of your favorite wrestler back then. Whoa. Now, yeah, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, gone. He's already gone. Hulk Hogan, already gone. But let's say, you know, you're like, oh, but what about somebody like Sergeant Slaughter? Still have him. You can get Sergeant Slaughter yes. sent to you. Uh, so... You know, write a review, maggot. Um, that is that. I think we've hit them all. Oh, do you have a hotmail? We no, no. Well, <laughs> I believe you're on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Entering the Titan Tron. Entering the Titan Tron. Okay, I thought that was going to be Stone Cold. What's that? I thought that was going to be Stone Cold. It's it's never played anything but Stone Cold. Well, the Titan Tron has many tracks. I bet you you have Undertaker, Stone Cold, yeah. The Rock. Um, that is Gangrel. Oh, I thought that was Triple H. For no, a that's Gangrel. Oh, yeah. uh, Mankind and another Mankind. The Vince. WWF logo no, before. That's Kane. No, that's not Kane. Kane up here. Yeah, that's oh, Kane. Yes, it is Kane. Okay. Um, this is before they got rid of the F. Yeah, this is from when I was a teenager. This yeah, this is, is from Tron. This is probably from uh, the Play Titantron playset. It's probably from the year, nine, I'm going to say 1997. Um, um, I can check that. Vince McMahon is there. X-Pac is there. And the Road Dog is there as well. And and he is the packaging. Uh, Chris Gordon. 1999. Now, let's talk. Before we get all to the, all the dolls. <laughs> okay. Um, Chris is uh, has not been on the show before because he said he doesn't like wrestling countless times. However, <laughs> one one show he is a part of is the apartment. Uh, mm. You know the apartment. You you've heard Rory Scovel on the show before. You've heard Vince Averill on the show before. You've never heard the character Lyrical Miracle on the show before because that is Chris Gorgeous, Chris Gordon, 
Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner Gorgeous. <laughs> he's got a man of many names. Yeah. And uh Kill Stroyer. Kill Stroyer, uh the Cockman. And then yep. people call him that. Yep. A lot the, of people call me that. The, he, some people call him the walk of the cock, mm-hmm. and some people call him the cock of the walk. Some people call me Jimmy Two Shoes. Jimmy wear two shoes. Yeah, Jimmy Two Shoes. So um, you can call him whatever you want. Today we're going to call him Don't our call guest. Don't call him late for dinner. Don't call him late for dinner. Call him early for lunch. Thank you. Um, I do sleep in, so maybe like a late lunch. Roll over and tap him for breakfast. Yeah, apple turnover. Apple turnover. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. My buddy and I used to do that when we were in... Oh, uh, when somebody turns over and you put your balls in their face? Yeah, we're having apple sex turnover. we played hockey in the hotel room together. That's hockey. Hockey's great for that. Fucking <laughs> um, your teammates? Yeah. That's, That's how, how you... the team bonds. Exactly. They're yeah. like, they're like, we all have a secret. I'm like, yeah, we know it's Coach James. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no. Hey, Graham. It's going to be Stone Cold. That's my guess. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Yep. Somewhere, uh, Jim Johnson is making a nickel every time that that song plays <laughs> on this game. Uh, Jim Johnson is the guy who created all these songs. Oh, really? So- Yes, really, Chris. Uh, what a train wreck that episode is, and if but a train wreck in a good way. It's like uh, once you start, you're like, I don't know if I want to stop listening to this episode because uh, these two guys together are just just dumb and hilarious at the same time. Uh, Chris, gorgeous. Thank you uh, for being on the show this year. Finally, after all these years. And uh, that's from me, uh, your tag partner, Casey Gorgeous. Uh, folks, I also had a good guest on the show. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, uh, Chris Gordon, you check him out also in comedy clubs. You can Google him at, uh, at uh, just Google Chris Gordon, and uh, you will find out where he's playing next. But um, I also had another great comedian on the show. Well, mostly the show was mostly comedians, as you know. But um, I had a great comedian on the show by the name of Joey Elias, the King of Montreal. And uh, he was telling me that uh, he was on a flight uh, with some wrestlers. And, um, and some of the wrestlers, his grandfather uh, actually made leather jackets for. Because his grandfather used to make leather jackets in Montreal. And uh, custom made ones. So wrestlers would often go to him to get uh, their custom made leather jackets. Because... Wrestlers are bigger than your regular people. So uh, let's go to the King of Montreal right now, Joey Elias, and uh, hear his story about being on a flight with, uh, well, we'll find out with who. Um, I remember, and my granddad and his brother owned um, a factory where they manufactured leather jackets. Cool. And a lot of these wrestlers would come in and buy custom, you know, made jackets because their arms were huge. Yeah. Their shoulders were too big. And that my grandfather just became a wrestling fan because a lot of times they would throw in free tickets, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, that was my thing. And then, you know, growing up I um, in high school, it was the WWF at the time. Yeah. And I actually remember being on a flight. This may surprise people, but I went on a school trip for, like, uh, the the... Remember, reach, am I dating myself? Reach for the top. Do you know what I'm talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, reach for the top. Reach for the top. It was a uh, for those of you listening in America or in Australia or in England. Uh, reach for the top was a uh, 
a kids quiz show yeah. where they would have it was like uh, Jeopardy, but they would have two teams, one from each high school, yeah. and the uh, and the kids would compete against each other in uh, trivia. Yeah, it was general knowledge. Anyway, somehow I made uh, my high school team, and we went to an international competition in Philly. Mm-hmm. And on our way back at the airport, and I still have uh, photos with uh, Hulk. They were on our flight. Uh, Hulk Hogan, yeah, um, who ended up? I ended up uh, meeting years later because he went to get a leather jacket from my grandfather. That's insane. And um, we got to meet him, and I still have the autograph on the back of the now defunct leather factory of my my grandfather, um, Dino Bravo. Yes, before he was uh, lead poisoned. <laughs> um, I that have is a fo- the first way I've. I've never heard it put that way. That is, a, <laughs> that is a great way of putting 17 bullets to the chest. Yeah. Lead poisoning. Yeah. Um, and one of the British Bulldogs. Probably Dynamite. Or I, maybe Davy Boy. I you don't know? remember. Yeah. Oh, and, and Brutus Beefcake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was on. So they were on our flight, and they were all very, very nice to us. We all took photos. Um, you know, it was fun. That's cool. Thanks for that story, Joey. And thanks for coming on. Uh, you can always see Joey on Just for Laughs on uh, the Comedy Network or on CBC, wherever you see it. He's been on so many Just for Laughs episodes. Uh, just a fantastic comedian that I always enjoyed working with. Speaking of fantastic comedians, uh, next up on the show, Fiona O'Brien. Uh, we had her on the show because uh, she's Irish and she sounds a little bit like Becky Lynch. But, uh, you know, but not only that, she is a bit of a wrestling fan and and, and is funny as fuck. And you guys are going to love her. Um, this uh, this segment is called uh, A Phone Call from the Old St. Mick. So uh, let's uh, go to Fiona O'Brien's story right now. First seen wrestling live. I haven't. He, oh, I was supposed to go. He's been to WrestleMania and he's been to a few of the live shows. He likes the house shows and things. Yeah. Uh, and we were supposed to go this year and I was away doing comedy, so we didn't go, but we'll probably go next year. But he thinks I'm the coolest girlfriend in the world yes. because we were sitting watching Monday Night Raw and I got a phone call from Ryan Denis, another great comic that we know yes. is friends of mine out of Kingston. And he's been on the show before. And he's been on the show, yeah. And Ryan and myself are great friends and we have the Irish connection and uh, the phone rings and my boyfriend sitting beside me, we're watching Raw and he says, uh, hey, Fiona, how are you? We're talking. Right. And he's like, um, I'm touring with Mick Foley at the moment. Uh, he'd like to talk to you. So the boyfriend's beside me and he hears me go, hello, Mick Foley. <laughs> and he jumps up off the couch and he's like, no way, no way. And he ran up the stairs. <laughs> Like he couldn't handle this. Yeah. And Mick or he ran up the stairs to jump on another phone. Yeah. yeah. Like we still have landlines. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. He's on the other phone, like yeah, listening in, like the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And Mick Foley's like, hey, Fiona, I'm here with Ryan. You know, he was doing that. He was touring around doing a storytelling for yeah. um, the, what was it, the anniversary for Hell in the Cell. Yes. And so he came on. Talking away to me, and he said, um, I'm going to be doing, I'm in St. Catharines in Showtime. And I said, I know. I said, I'm bringing my boyfriend to see you, and I, I want to catch up with Ryan. And he said, I was wondering if you'd be interested in coming on stage with me, and we could do a little sketch. And this is Mick Foley yeah. just having a chat with me on a Monday night on the phone. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so we went to, he had a story about in his book, he had written in one of his, he was reading his autobiography on a flight and he does this so he can remember his stories for when he's going to talk that evening. Yeah. And he was on a flight and there was an Irish woman sitting beside him. And she is looking at him and looking at the front of his book, which is his picture, and looking at him, looking at his book, looking at him. And she said, do you mind me asking, are you reading a book about yourself? And he said, yes, I am. And she said, why would you be reading a book about yourself that you wrote? (laughs) And he said, because it's so fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) So he tells me this on the phone. He's like, will you get up on stage and act it out with me? And I was like, yeah, of course I will. And so we went down to Showtime in St. Catharines, caught up with Ryan, uh, met Mick, and he signed all the memorabilia that my boyfriend brought along. (laughs) How much memorabilia did he bring? he brought... Because usually... (laughs) <laughs> it's twenty dollars an item, so I want to know. <laughs> I want to know how much oh. would he have spent. I want to know. Well, he signed some DVDs and he signed some T-shirts, and somebody had brought him merchandise to the show, mm. new bobbleheads. Yeah, and he gave us a bobblehead and signed. That. He gave us loads of stuff. Yeah, and photos. Yeah, because usually generous. you charge for. I mean, so t- and you know that he loves Christmas. Yes. He said, um. Are your kids, do they still believe in, in Santa and Christmas? And I said, yeah. And he said, I want their names. I'm going to send them all a magical Christmas letter. That's, How cool is that? That's fantastic. He's, I mean, so lovely. Oh, well, I was in, um, okay, so he was, around that time, we were, he, we were, we thought we might have him on the show. So we're sort of chasing him. A lot of this show is chasing wrestlers, trying to get them on the show. Yeah, nobody wants to know about that, Casey. What they do want to know is is where they can find Fiona O'Brien. And the best place to find her is go to yuckyucks.com. She is one of their comedians, and she's most likely playing one of their clubs tonight as you're listening to this episode. Uh, Folks, uh, next up on the show... Uh, a couple more yuck yucks guys uh, from down east. Uh, they've been on the show before. The boys from uh, Halifax, Andrew Vaughn and uh, terrible Travis Lindsay. Nothing terrible about Travis Lindsay at all. Uh, they're on the show. And um, and have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? You know what that is. It's like when when you perceive something to happen. Like for example. Uh, you know, when Darth Vader says, Luke, come with me, I'm your father, he never actually says that. That's actually a line from uh, Tommy Boy, Luke, I am your father, as a, Chris Farley's blowing into the uh, the the fan. Uh, but many people think that's how the line goes, but that's not how it goes. It's sort of like when people remember something, but they don't remember how it actually happened. That's uh, called the Mandela Effect. Well, uh, what is that called when it relates to wrestling? Uh, talking with the boys in Halifax, and uh, and uh, well, this is this is what we were talking about. Did you ever watch Impact Wrestling? Uh, I'll check it out if I hear a match was. Really I watched good. it for the first time the other day. It, that was it. It's good. They got good roster still. Um, oh no, I watched an old clip, and I've been trying to find a shoot interview about this because I didn't know it was old. What mm-hmm. I want to, if anybody has a fucking interview, because mm-hmm. I want to hear what Johnny Nitro thought about Austin Aries. Fuck at the end of that championship match. I just found out that happened a year ago. What a dick move. Oh, yeah. Where What's that? Where, like, he, John, Johnny Nitro or whatever the hell. Yeah. Impact. Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. He gets, a, he gets the pinfall. Yeah. And he gets the one, two, three. And Austin, 
loses the belt, but immediately gets up, like no sells the finisher, no sells the thing. Oh, really? Walks right to the mm. back. They have footage of uh, what's the guy from Team Canada, that, uh, Scott Demore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's Scott Demore's yelling at him, and Austin Aries goes, "I'm a fucking professional." And Scott Demore goes, "If you have to tell people you're a professional, you're not acting very professional." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, great. You might be an indie wrestler. <laughs> we have a character in our podcast called Open Mike Foxworthy. Oh. Or it's Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> about open micers, so maybe there needs to be an open mm. mic, like an indie Foxworthy. Like, oh, if you don't sell the end of a match, <laughs> you might be an indie worker. Hey, did you ever think that this, did you ever think that Hunter, Hunter doesn't understand the term indie wrestling? Because what Hunter does is with NXT is Hunter goes and uh, he, he'll go to, so Hunter will fly over to, great, uh, to England and he'll see everything that England has of its best. And he's like, ooh, I like that. And then he takes it from England, and then he brings it back to NXT. And he's like, look what I found. And it's like, that's not indie wrestling. That's Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> You're just taking things from other things that already existed <laughs> and saying you discovered it, and now saying this is something that you've created. It's the American way. <laughs> Indiana Helmsley. Indiana Helmsley. Um, this is in- terrorizing <laughs> Terra rising with Indiana wrestling. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, so Pentagon and Felix were amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Young Bucks are great. The main event, Cody, and, I mean, uh, Omega and uh, Jericho did not disappoint. No. Jericho is battered and bruised. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram. Oh, yeah, he's fucked up. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah, he's marked up oh, huge. And uh, the best was uh, after press conference, there was a kid there. And the guy goes, so when uh, Kenny Omega started bleeding, was that planned? He goes, no, it wasn't earmuffs. And he, punched, he goes, that's what happens when you punch somebody in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah. He goes, because that's what I did. I punched him in the fucking face. I busted him open. And I, I love Chris Jericho. Yeah. And and, I know, and the listeners on the show know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tr- I, you know, as much as I harped on the previous, like, callback to WWE stuff, mm-hmm. I loved Chris's entrance. Going yeah. From the Lionheart to yeah. the list to the, yeah. the, yeah. the light-up light jack. jack. I yeah. thought that was so great. That was funny. And yeah. I also liked, um, who else did I think? I, we haven't said enough, but uh, MJF uh, oh, yeah. was, uh, was a, mm. a beauty in the, throughout the entire pay-per-view. In the Battle Royal, he was great. Yeah. Uh, interrupt, interrupting Bret Hart uh, was, you know, it's funny when Jack Whitehall announced Bret Hart, he didn't say Hitman. I know. That's, that's I wonder what's the deal with that is maybe is Hitman's trademark. Yeah. Because they, they couldn't use Hitman in WCW, I don't think. They, no, they did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not Hitman. Oh, so but it's yeah, just well, like. Well, now uh, Vince would own that now, though, if it was. I wonder. Uh, I wonder. Michael Buffer has said, Brett, Hitman Hart. Yeah. But, but he never said the Hitman. It was Hitman. Yeah. Like, Hitman Hard. Yeah, maybe they own the Hitman. The Hitman? They, they forget to trade yeah, Justin. Yeah, man. just Hitman. Well, I don't even think it was ever the Hitman. I think it's Brett Hitman Hart. I was, I've been, swear to God, my entire life I've been saying Brett the Hitman. Well, it's kind of like a Bernstein, Bernstein. We've all, we've, thing. next, next yeah. time, like, maybe it's like the butterfly effect where it was, yeah. it was always like Ashton Brett Kutcher the Hitman. Fa- maybe we <laughs> thought it was Brett the Hitman Hart, but it was never Brett the Hitman Hart. Maybe it was just Brett Hart. Brett Hart. Mm-hmm. Brett Hart. It's yeah. the Macho Mandela effect. Macho that's Man. what I mean. The mo- the, yeah, you know oh what I'm talking God. about. That's got to become a term on the internet wrestling community when you remember something <laughs> that wrestling. didn't happen the way it did. It's the Macho Mandela effect. The Macho God, Mandela effect. Be. 
Yeah, I was a tiger with butter. I was talking about the Mandela effect. That's what I was talking about. The Macho Mandela effect is the perfect thing I'm, I'm talking about. I'm creating a Photoshop for that tonight. It's going to be Nelson Mandela dressed as Macho Man. Yeah, because there was oh, a time yeah. like, does anything like, because like I talked about the Rougeaux when they won the tag belts, and it was on on, on Quebec television. Yeah. They were tag champs for yeah. like two weeks. Yeah. And then they lost them in Boston, mm-hmm. but in but there's no recollection of the Rougeaux ever winning the belts. <laughs> And I was like, I watched I, it on TV. It's again, the Macho Mandela it's effect. It's the Macho, Macho Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. Yeah. We, folks, we stumbled across something here. And we are this going to... This is what uh, John Moxley would call a paradigm shift. Yeah, paradigm. We are going to have to talk more about... We're going to have to do research into the Macho <laughs> yeah. Mandela effect and do a, an episode all about the Macho oh, Mandela yeah. effect Next time see and how other, stories we'll have, have changed over time. <laughs> like Superfly, all of a sudden, is is no longer uh, affiliated with WWE. This history has been a little no, erased. The Macho <laughs> What's that? I said people like I thought Ryan Freed was supposed to be on that podcast with him. No, it was the Macho Mandela effect. Yeah. Macho Mandela Mandela effect. It's the Mandela effect. <laughs> the Macho Mandela effect. That's what we're talking about, folks. The Macho Mandela effect. Like for example, uh, most people say. Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window when uh, he never did. He kicked him in the head, and he fell down, and then he picked him up, and then he threw him through the barbershop window. But most people say that he kicked him through the barbershop window, which is actually incorrect. I believe they remember it that way and the the other way, because that is the Macho Mandela effect. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Next time uh, I'm going to be down in Halifax, uh, we will be with the Boys Club podcast again. And uh, the Boys Club, uh, it's not the boys like those guys with the tiki torches. It's more or less a play on the Bullet Club. And uh, we will be talking about the Macho Mandela effect, the Macho Mandela effect in full force um, next time that I'm down in Halifax. So look forward to that. Um... Speaking of looking forward, people, most people uh, that listen to the show, their favorite guest, time and time again, letters have come in and said that uh, Jeff McHenry is the funniest person on the show. And uh, anytime I can have my roommate on, it's always a great time. We always review the big four uh, as well as uh, whenever I need a guest and I'm desperate and somebody canceled, uh, there's always Jeff to go to. Even when I'm in Calgary uh, at a friend's place dog sitting for them, and I couldn't get the guest because of a snowstorm. I can always call Jeff, and uh, and uh, you know, and he'll help out. Uh, even when I'm helping someone out by watching their dog, uh, sometimes their dog can come into play, and, um, and you know, and sometimes I have to go let a dog outside. And uh, and in those times, I will ask Jeff McHenry just to you know take over the show, and that's exactly what happens here. So uh, let's go to that clip right now. It was uh, one of, uh, yeah. Well, they're all going to be on. For takeover standards, it wasn't uh, the best. Um, Kevin Owens got a big uh, surprise pop for uh, coming in. in. Yeah, and I thought for sure he was going to just fast forward a bit. I thought he was going to turn on a Raw um, later on because I really think, you know, now that, NXT is won. Finally, they finally won a ratings battle. I thought for sure it's like, okay, now we're going to get more more mainstream guys down there. So I thought for sure Kevin Owens was going back to NXT, but uh, apparently not. So. 
No, no. And, and, you know, I think that was done for a reason, too, also, was just to create that tension at Survivor Series. Um, yeah. uh, okay, hold on one second. There's a, there's a dog that I have to dog sit here. And he, you can hear him <laughs> fucking tap dancing in the back. And I have to let him out because he's – I have to let him out. So just – Jeff, just please, talk to the – Jeff, just talk, just talk to the people about wrestling for two more minutes. And, uh, and I'll be back in one second. I'm not far <laughs> from the door. This is so fucking awkward. But the dog's like looking at me like, dude, come on. Okay. Uh-huh. Hi, hi everybody. This is Jeff McHenry. Uh, I'm Gase Corbin's uh, roommate. Uh, I haven't spoken to him and, uh, since he's been on the road, which has been five weeks. Apparently, since then, uh, he's hung out with Norm MacDonald. Do you know that he knows Norm MacDonald? No, if you didn't know that Casey knows Norm MacDonald, Casey will tell you that he knows Norm MacDonald. <laughs> he doesn't want to brag about knowing Norm MacDonald. Also, he's picked up a mysterious fucking dog for some reason along the way. I don't know whose it is. It could be Norm MacDonald's dog. Did you know Casey knows Norm MacDonald? Uh, okay, I, I heard what you were saying, you son of a bitch. Um, first of all, <laughs> I let the dog out. and That's right, I let the dog out. And um, the fucking dog, I went to get him a treat because I know he's got to go to the washroom. He, he sees me get the treat and then he wants to come back in. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dog. So now I just have him. I'm not even sitting down yet because... All right, the dog's going number two. This is the greatest episode of Talking Wrestling ever, isn't it? Is it? It's, it's, yeah, it's been wonderful. We've covered no matches, and a dog is taking a shit. That's, well, that's, that's what we've got. That so is that sounds like the description of this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you like no matches and a dog taking a shit, they're like, well, that sounds like the current uh, WWE product. Um, yeah. Well, we're usually better when we just do stuff like this instead of talking about, you know, yeah, mm, the work rate. Mm. Well, I wanted to talk even before we get to uh, the Survivor Series. I wa- I'm I'm not all the way through yet, but I'm three quarters three quarters of nothing, Casey. Let's go now to uh, El Tornado or El Tornado uh, from uh, uh, Rock's Daddy Wrestling, I believe it is called, and uh, wrestling in Northern Ontario. And uh, we're gonna listen to. Uh, turns out. We both discovered that we both loved the same wrestling growing up, and that is uh, Montreal Wrestling, based out of Montreal. So uh, we're going to go to that right now and uh, enjoy this clip. Here we go with uh, El Tornado. Watching wrestling? 100%, yeah. With me, it was uh, what we were talking about earlier was the was the wrestling that used to come around this area out of Montreal. So we used to get uh, international wrestling, which was Gino Brito's company. We used to get a little bit of Grand Prix, which was also Gino Brito's a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, out of uh, Niagara Falls area was George Cannon's Superstars of Wrestling. So you're getting some top quality, top notch wrestling. Oh, yeah. like, you're going, like, you know, like, you're getting. In Sudbury, you're getting the Long Riders versus the Road Warriors. That's right. Isn't that insane? Like, going back and thinking about that and thinking about some of these guys that you're watching, because international wrestling, or La Lutte Internationale to our uh, French friends, uh, uh, they broke in so many great wrestlers. Like, they broke in Samu. They broke in Rikishi. Mm -hmm. uh, Haku. Haku. uh, You know, uh, they, they and then they had... Really great runs like Dr. D, David Schultz ran through there, yeah. and wreaked all havoc, and uh, uh, Steve DeSalvo, Strangler to Steve DeSalvo. Yeah. Steve who, Strong. Yeah, Steve Strong, who he he might have been the most roided up guy I've ever and, seen. Yeah, 
Yeah, like a five foot two guy with more pimples on his back than. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. his, his his face looked <laughs> oh, like yeah. his face looked like the moon. It like, did. It was, it was just, made of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. But the wrestlers they had, and of course uh, the Rougeos and the and the and the Britos and the and the. But they respected the business. The, the the matches they were they were putting on were told wonderful stories, and and that was the the basis of it. You know, they weren't insulting anybody. The the matches were good. The wrestling was good. You know, even to go deep in the Rougeos and go to Armand Rougeau yeah, and, and guys who never really left. Like, you know, there was even a Gino Brito Jr., if yeah, you recall. Oh, yeah. So these guys never left, you know, the yeah. that area. They never went elsewhere, but they were still top-notch workers. Yeah, Gino Brito Jr. was the, the Bruce Hart. Yeah, of, yes. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Of international wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so... Because he had to tag with the spoiler every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, he had to tag with the spoiler. <laughs> But he was all... He and was, the farmer Louis Laurence. <laughs> and Louis Laurence, yeah. Louis J. Prue. Oh, jeepers. Uh, Do you remember a guy, um, Richard the Boss Charlan? Yeah, I think so. He was my favorite wrestler. He's, to this day, there's a, on YouTube, if you go and put his name in, there's him and Terry Taylor doing a match at Madison Square Garden. Not Madison Square, sorry. Uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Oh my God! Like that guy to me, growing up, was the man. Like he did everything that I liked. His movement was so good in the ring. Yeah, so he was he was the best. There was like yeah, was, when I think about like certain guys like Gino Brito Jr. too. Like he had that, that mustache and he was like a he was like a cross between if somebody took Scott Hall, shrunk him, and put him in Dino Bravo's body. That's right. With a like because he had that hairy chest. Magnum Scott Hall. Magnum Scott Hall. That <laughs> <laughs> to shrink him with the hairy chest. Yeah, yeah. and then. And, 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 and then he tagged with Dino Bravo quite a bit, actually. And uh, it was pretty funny. And I used to love that, like, even though um, like storylines would mix into the AWA. Yes. Because the AWA would loan a lot of wrestlers. Including because, the heavyweight champion. Including the heavyweight champion. Yep. Who, and, like, you know, and he would show up. Like, a lot of times, um, even now, even though indies uh, will, share, like, will share talent, mm-hmm. it's very seldom you'll see um, an indie wrestler... Like uh, Johnny Mundo or John Morrison or Johnny uh, Impact or Johnny whatever you want to call him this week, um, if he has his Impact title and he goes wrestle somewhere, he doesn't show up with the Impact title. Yep. The only guy I know that was doing that was maybe Austin Aries because that was his gimmick. He mm-hmm. walked around with eight belts, yeah. and which is crazy because he's vegan. And so these aren't all synthetic leathers, <laughs> or maybe they are, but. You know, he should be like Daniel Bryan and have a wooden belt now, which yeah, is fantastic. that's pretty funny. Um, but uh, and he's probably pissed about it, too, because he's probably <laughs> been saying, you know, that should be his. But anyway, um, the whole point is, uh, even though uh, they, they share talent, the belts still don't cross. They, they won't come in with the other. But some, you know, and I've noticed that. But uh, but with the back in the day. Rick Martel would show up wearing the AWA title, mm-hmm. and Dino Bravo would be uh, the international title, yeah. and then uh, they would they would tag together and stuff like that. But I remember when Rick Martel lost the belt to Stan Hansen, uh, he lost it uh, due to the, the Boston, Boston Crab. Crab yep. But what happened, like weeks earlier in Montreal, was Stan Hansen came in and attacked him and kept ramming his back into the outside of the post. But that was never saw on AWA. Yeah. So people don't know the back. There was like... French backstory to keep Ricky strong mm-hmm. in in French Canadian as French as far as the French go they had to keep him strong but the rest of the people like in Minnesota and watching this they're just watching Ricky Martel give just, up to Stan Hansen yeah. and they don't know that Stan Hansen showed up in Montreal and fucked up his back that's right you know and uh, 
I always find that very interesting. Well, they even used to do title changes that never happened, right? Because like, there was no internet. So you go, oh, last night in Peace River, Alberta, uh, you know, yeah. and it never happened. There was no show in anywhere, and, and they just used to do stuff like that all the time. Well, there was one. Well, I, w- I would tell people, I go on a wrestling podcast called We Watch Wrestling. It's based out of L.A., and uh, I go on. Usually, I go to L.A. once a year to do the podcast, and uh, I was telling them, I was like, like, in French wrestling, like even the French WWE production, I said they would favor the French wrestlers and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the 80s. And I said, like, I said, the Rougeos beat the Hart Foundation in Boston, but it was never announced in English wrestling on Challenge or Superstars when I watched. But I watched the French wrestling, and the Rougeos had the belts for like a week or That's two. Right. That's right. And, and, and they did not believe me that this happened. It was I'm like, market I, pers- specific the way they were they were doing even their promos, all that stuff was all market. To, oh yeah, to gear toward the where they were going. It's crazy. So um, yeah. So anyways, I just always found it interesting. It's uh, so funny that we grew up watching the same yeah. the same wrestling, but they never hit Iron Pryor. They never no, came it never came that way. No, we got. Oh, there we go. The Macho Mandela effect once again in full effect as we talk about. Um, you know, the Rougeos and their mysterious title win. Did it happen? Did it not happen? One of the things that I like about the show is uh, sometimes uh, we have theme episodes and um, one of the episodes that we had were uh, best movies that uh, had wrestlers in them. And I had my old roommate who's an actor who's in movies such as uh, Green Zone with Matt Damon, um, The Dark Knight, uh, well, with, with uh, of course, The Dark Knight with, um, you know, well, I'm sure you want to say Heath Ledger, but this is a wrestling podcast, so with Tiny Lister, a.k.a. Zeus. Um, yeah, my roommate, uh, old roommate Tommy was in The Dark Knight, and uh, so I, because he's an actor, I figured out uh, it would be a good idea to have him on the show because he's also a cinephile, someone who loves cinema, and we discuss our top tens greatest movies uh with with wrestlers in them and um here's a clip from that episode which is a fun episode uh, a bit long one of the longer episodes that we've had in the past year it's about an hour and a half but uh go check out that episode and or, or listen to this clip first and then decide whether you want to go back and listen to the tommy campbell uh greatest movies uh with wrestlers in them episode issue aka uh yeah so uh here we go uh, to this clip as we were talking about, um, you know, movies with uh, Terry Funk in it. So let's go to that clip right now. Here we go. And his name's Terry Funk. Yes. So which? So if it's one of like this, could be one of two movies. So so I'm, well, I well, I don't know which one to go with. Well, like, you're going to say the greatest movie ever made. When I had hair. Yes. Which was probably before I even met you. I remember you with hair. No, hair. No, no, I remember. Hair, hair Tom, down to my no, shoulder, no. Casey. I remember the uh, Magnolia Tom Cruise, Tommy Campbell. <laughs> I remember you like that. That's the first time I saw you. You were in a contest in Calgary. I was on an off night. You went over, and you should have clearly won. You had the best set of the Story of my life. Uh, you were wearing a leather <laughs> jacket, and you had the long hair down to your shoulder, much like Tom Cruise had in Magnolia. And you thought one day... Who the this fuck is this cool motherfucker? We'll share an Ethernet cable and have to time our wank sessions. That's exactly what I thought. Um, when so, I was younger and had long hair, people thought 
I looked like the fella that starred in this movie. And the fact that you're not placing it means I need the hair to get there. Well, no, no, no. You don't necessarily need the hair. It's just that Terry Funk was in two movies around the same time. What was the other one? Well, the other one was Over the Top. Sylvester Stallone, arm wrestling for the custody of his child. Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. And Terry Funk, very similar role, was the bodyguard for the uh, kid's grandfather. Fantastic. He's like, Mr. Hawk, we got to have a talk with you. Now, of course, that's not the movie you're talking about. So it's no. quite obvious that you're talking about the all-time great Roadhouse. The all-time great Roadhouse. One of the most over-the-top classic Movie. movies ever made. and With uh, appearances not only by Terry Funk, but by Bigfoot as well. Absolutely. The uh, the truck. Monster, the monster truck. truck. Yeah. <laughs> Crushes everything in the dealership. Um, and interesting enough, a lot of MacGruber is actually parodying a lot of Roadhouse as well. The rip the throat is definitely for Roadhouse. 100%. Yes. So, um, so that that's another reason that movie resonates with me. But but Roadhouse, I mean, the main character is Dalton, for starters. It's 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 a ridiculous, over the top, wonderfully done movie. And I did read a little while ago that they're remaking it with yes. Ronda Rousey. Really? Who that was announced before she was a wrestler, so that's quite interesting. Um uh but but I remember when they announced they were gonna make it with her, uh I was like, is the movie going to be like 11 seconds long or whatever? Because <laughs> her fights used to last, they'd be, over, they'd be over in seconds, right? That's why, so That's why I insist she's a better wrestler than she was fighter. Because if you watch that wrestling match the other night, that was a good 15, 20-minute match. And it's she's a fantastic. long time. And she's fantastic. And what I was pointing out to you... Well, when I'm pointing out stuff, I'm saying like, hey, do you ever... Like, you notice this stuff, but I'm watching it... And I'm watching stuff as an entertainer, as an actor. Um, she sells it. Yeah. Like, she sells every element. Like, from from the way she approaches the ring and the way she takes in that audience. And she's, like, grateful to be there. I find exciting. Yeah. But then she gets in the ring and she has the same pose and approach as if she was in a UFC fight. Yeah. And then when she's getting the knocks, you just she just sells it so well. And it's and with, with an actor, I mean, I had to, I had to punch. Um, there's a show called uh, uh, it's called Spooks in England. I think, and it yeah. might be called MI5 on Netflix if you have it. Um, but I had to punch the main character on that show. He was handcuffed, and I was interrogating him. And I had to punch him in the face. And it didn't matter how confident I looked and how well I threw the punch. Unless he sold that, that yeah. scene did not work. And it worked. It worked so much that I had to be in hiding for a while. I couldn't walk my dog because this was England's biggest TV show at the time. And this guy in six seasons of it had never been hit. Yeah. And I cheap shot at him, like clocked him. For right, real? Right across the face. Perfect. No, not for real. Oh, it was a TV show, Casey. Oh, well, no, but this is. They, but he sold it. Okay. So well, and I'm saying it takes two. Yes. It takes two, so it doesn't matter how well you throw something at Rhonda. She has to sell 
like it hit, mm. like it landed well, and it hurt, and how she going to recover from it. And yeah. that's what I find amazing about watching her because, um, yeah, the athleticism, the charisma, and the acting, the, the, her ability to sell it and yeah. make it believable is tremendous. So I think it's cool. They'll, 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 they'll ruin, let's be honest, they'll just ruin the movie because they can't, Roadhouse works because it's a ridiculous 80s movie. So it's just hard to make that now without it being a parody because that yeah. movie, there's movies in the 80s that I call unintentionally hilarious movies. Yeah. That, and the other one to me is Cocktail, is one of the funniest movies. Like, fantastic. Honestly, watch Cocktail People as a comedy. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. So moving on. And there we are. Now we are moving on. We're moving on to uh, the night of the uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling War of the Worlds was in Toronto. And during the intermission, uh, Cole Cabana was just visiting fans. So um, I thought I'd go over and uh, say hi, try to get him on the show. And uh, this was the result of that. Here we go. So uh, the intermission, I left my seat again to walk around. I noticed by the commentary desk that um, there was kind of a lineup and people were just sort of lining up and going to meet Cole Cabana. So, you know, I want to meet Cole Cabana. I like Cole Cabana. I want Cole Cabana to come on this podcast, you know, and he can say whatever he wants, whatever he wants to say. And I will say whatever I want on my podcast. And then if some WWE doctor hears what we're saying and doesn't like it and he wants to sue us, well, damn it, I will st I will stick up for Cole Cabana, and he won't have anything to worry about because that's what a true friend does. And then I won't fuck him over in the end like his true friend did. You know, if you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the whole CM Punk and that uh, Cole Cabana thing. Anyways, um, hey, uh, so Cole Cabana's there, and uh, I want to meet Cole Cabana. But the thing is, is Dylan Gott, comedian Dylan Gott and friend of the show, um, Dylan Gott was there, and I know Dylan Gott knows Colt because Dylan Gott is a is an as a veteran of the Edinburgh Comedy Festival uh, over in Scotland, the Fringe Edinburgh Fringe Fest, and uh, as is Colt Cabana, and Dylan has been on Colt Cabana's podcast, and uh, couldn't find Dylan Gott because he was out having smoke, so I uh, walked over to uh, Colt Cabana, um. I was wearing a We Watch Wrestling uh, t-shirt, and uh, yeah, and immediately um, Cole Cabana recognized the t-shirt, and of course, uh, I never have the confidence when I'm, that I have on stage or on the show that I have around wrestlers. I get a little nervous, so right now, um, I'm going to play you a, uh, a clip of... Uh, of um, well, I'm going to play you a clip of me and Cole Cabana conversing during the intermission from Ring of Honor. So let's go to that uh, right now, if we could, at this time. So one second, let me just cue it up. So here we go, folks. This is uh, my brief conversation with Cole Cabana uh, during the intermission um, as I walked over to him and tried to get him on my podcast. Uh, so, uh, yeah, here was what happened there as we go to the footage. Uh, hey, man. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Hey, we got a we watch, watch wrestling shirt here. Shout out to Vincent, man. McCarthy. Matt McCarthy. You can, 
Not shout out to uh, Tom Sibley. Not shout out to Tom Sibley. No, no, I'm Sibley's winner. I, I do this show once a year. I go down to LA and do it with my buddies. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to thank you because that's my favorite podcast, wrestling. But I want to thank you because you're like the Mark Maron of wrestling podcast. I'm, uh, I'm whiny. I have a lot of cats. No, you're great. And your podcast is great. I just want to come over and say it. This is my podcast. You ever want to come on mine? You're more than welcome. Talking wrestling. Talking wrestling. And this is Casey. I'm a spinoff of We Watch Wrestling. And you get at. Which one's Instagram? At Talking Wrestling Pod. On the Instagram. So don't leave this Instagram. But for later. When it's we're all done. good. All right. Hey, thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Yeah. So there we are, folks. Um, that was the interview with me and Cole Cabana. It was very cool as uh, as as he was. Um, well, the very cool thing was he was holding up my uh, the, the business card that I have, the Talking Wrestling business card, and he was showing it to the people out on his Instagram feed, as well as he was showing uh, where you could find us at uh, TNW Pod on Twitter or uh, on the Instagram at Talking Wrestling. On, you know where you can find us. Anyways, it was uh, nice of Cole Cabana to do that. And uh, I thought it was very cool of him to do that. And I'm totally grateful that he did that. So, um, yeah, thank you for having us. Or thank you for, well, thanks for conversing with me and giving a shout out to the We Watch Wrestling guys. So uh, that was that. Uh, basically, um, after the intermission, I went and, uh, or during the intermission, I went and saw Dylan Gott. I said, oh, you missed it. I was talking to Cole Cabana. And then all of a sudden, Cole Cabana came over, and he's like, Dylan Gott, Dylan Gott, got jokes, got jokes, Dylan Gott. And it was kind of cool. Dylan Gott sort of was happy about it. And uh, then we uh, eventually made our uh, way back to our seats. And, um, you know, not after I bought a T-shirt. I bought the, uh, they still have the G1 uh, T-shirts available from the Madison Square Garden show. All right, let me get this straight. Did I just play a clip of me playing a clip? Is that just happened? Did you just listen to a clip of me playing another clip on the show? Well, that means it's clip of the year. Clip of the year, clip of the year. Clip of the year goes to Colt Cabana. Thank you for coming on the show, Colt. Giving a shout out to the boys of We Watch Wrestling and giving a shout out to everybody in the TNW universe. Thank you, Colt Cabana, for the clip of the year. Clip of the year! Um, folks, Colt Cabana was very nice to, uh, to do that, I thought, uh, as I already said. But uh, next on the show, uh, we're going to go to a couple, a couple different uh, clips. We're going to play them back-to-back. Uh, well, first of all, actually, before we get to that, We've got uh, Dave Merhaj and Patrick Akeem, who's making his second appearance on the show. And um, we're talking, what is the most wrestling thing that they've ever done in comedy? So uh, take it away, uh, Clipmaster Cliff. I don't know who Clipmaster Cliff is, but he's in charge of the clip of this one, Dave Merhaj and uh, Patrick Akeem. So take it away. Here we go. The thing you've done... Uh, Patrick, I'll ask you this first, and then uh, Dave. What's the most wrestling-y type thing you've done in comedy? Uh, choke somebody in the front row that threw a shot glass to my face. It's probably the most wrestling-y thing I've ever done. That's insane. So you choked a guy out in the front row that he, threw well, a shot glass? He threw a shot glass at me, and I was, like, shocked. And, like, when you get a th- shot glass thrown at you, 
even if you don't see it, you know from the size, <laughs> the way it hits your face, you're like, oh, that's a shot glass, 100%. Yeah. And then, like, I, I just got mad. I was, like, humiliated, and I got and I just got off stage, and I just went at him, and I started punching him and then choking him while people were trying to pull me off him. Well, that's not, like, wrestling at all. That sounds very real. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you mean, like, what, what how, give me, do we have was an there example? A, was there a ref that, oh, no, like, just sort of wrestling, like, for example, for me, the biggest thing I've ever done Like chasing was... a booker t- for money? I was with uh, Cedric Newman. I can't remember who else. Very uh, funny comics from, from Toronto. But we were uh, doing this show for this booker named Magnum. And when we finished the gig, we're in the car. We're like, yo, did anyone see Magnum? Like, we're just looking for him. Yeah. And people are like, no, this guy fuck, this guy leave and not pay us. But then someone, I think it was Cedric, he goes, yo, that's him. And we pulled up with the car, but he was walking. Like, he was walking away. So, yeah. And then we were screaming, we were like, Magnum. And he spun around. He goes, man, I was looking for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just love. Thought you were in my car. <laughs> he goes, you imagine, like. Be like Magnum. Are you named after uh, Tom Selleck? No, I'm named after the condom. I got a big gig. <laughs> Dude, you know Magnum. When I because I uh, started comedy in Windsor slash Michigan, so I was down there doing a room and uh, called Coco's Co- Coco's Comedy Club, and they pray the comics before they go on stage in the back. So we were all like, we were all like started praying in a circle. But before the prayer, someone was like, "Yo, where the from? Where where were you from, bro? Where you living at?" I go Toronto. And then somebody from the back goes, Toronto? He goes, man, that guy Magnum owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back to drinking. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, just wanted you to know this. So, Bless I, his soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like wrestling, you get screwed out of like money and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so for sure. Magnum owes us 50 bucks. That's not Magnum TA. That's Magnum forgot to pay. Uh, <laughs> that's a great story from uh, Dave Mraz and from Patrick Hakeem. Uh, both uh, fantastic guests in the past year um the clips are narrowing down folks we're down to uh one two three four clips left so uh right now we're gonna play these back to back uh rj city uh is talking about uh having two matches in one night and how he's going to prepare for them and then uh dan lavarsky the legendary voice of law live audio wrestling um is on the show with me and uh, we're talking about uh, wrestlers, obviously, but uh, we're going to play those clips back to back right now. So uh, so stay tuned or, well, don't go anywhere. It's it, it's a seamless product. Like the minute I stop talking, the clip plays. So, yeah, you're trying to go to the washroom. You better hit pause because here we go. Two on the same night. Yeah, which is really, you know, a bad idea and horribly coordinated, but I'm going to make the best of it. And both my opponents, I don't know if you're aware of this, are animals. I, I did I, I did realize that. You're wrestling a monkey from space or a monkey that goes to space and yeah. as well as uh, a rhino. And a rhino from Detroit, I guess. Yeah, um, the, the beast from... Well, not the East, but he's the beast from Detroit. Yes, definitely Detroit. The Mideast? Is that the Mideast? Uh, look, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the, the East to Winnipeg. Con- yes, I'm going to consider Thursday um, RJ City's little safari tour. Well, that is a great way of looking at it because I didn't know. Like I was, I read your Twitter, and it implied that you were going to try to pull off the two date in one night sitcom. 
And I was like, well, nobody's ever been able to do that in the history of sitcoms. So how could you possibly do it? Right. Lest we forget, you know, that Boy Meets World episode uh, where Corey tried to go on a date with Topanga and also uh, manage Vader at a house show against Jake <laughs> Roberts. And that did not turn out so well. So I watched that episode uh, a couple days ago. I watched it for some, some tape study. I'm going to try to avoid some of those pitfalls. It's so funny because I just watched an episode of the Goldbergs uh, two nights ago. And that was the theme of the night was Adam Goldberg was trying to pull off. And it's like, you're just a dorky little Jewish kid. You're not going to be able to pull this off if Jack Tripper can't. And sure enough, he pulls it off. Spoiler alert. So Goldberg fans. Uh, Goldberg uh, fans. You, not, know, you know. So my understanding is that Greektown Wrestling starts in Greektown at 8 o'clock. Uh, Union Wrestling starts at the Transact Club at nine o'clock. They're not that far from each other. It's not. It's not that difficult to do as a comedian. Uh, we we do yeah. it all the time. We do now, uh, mind you. Uh, now, now I'm not comparing. Well, I am comparing comedy to wrestling, but not in the light of a match is longer than a set. But still, I understand. Uh, not not my matches, uh, but I will say this: having done comedy. I really, and comparing the two back-to-back, I really enjoy not having to take any of my clothes off or change my outfit to do comedy. I also love, in comparison to wrestling, comedy, you can get there, and then you can drink, eat wings, and technically be in worse physical shape before you get on stage, which is the opposite of what you're aiming to do with wrestling. Yeah, I've never stretched before a set. (laughs) Right. And that's when you had that great hamstring injury in 1992. It was so sore. Uh, of course, you had to change your style because of that. But nevertheless, uh, you know, I try to get a pump before a wrestling match. I think stand-up comedians go, let me see if I can get as bloated as possible before they call my name. <laughs> now, um, what is the? What are your, uh, strategically, what kind, of match, what kind of match differences are you going to have or do you plan on having against the Space Monkey versus the Rhino, the beast from uh, Detroit? Well, there are uh, some differences, and there are some similarities. Of course, size, Rhino is much thicker uh, in the wild and in the ring than Space Monkey is, perhaps less acrobatic than Space Monkey is. However, they're both dumb animals, uh, and I'm an intelligent human being. So I'm going to try to employ the same strategy with each of them and see if it works. And I hope I don't get my wires crossed. I hope I don't get in there with Space Monkey and say, you know, is this the guy that does the gore? I'm not quite sure. So it's going to be a very hectic day for me. Yeah, I would think monkeys would stay away from Spears, but that might just be right. me. Um, now, uh, now, with that said, um, I have to tell you this. I was watching one of your matches um, the other night on Impact Plus. Is their, their streaming service that they have, and I noticed I just got it, and they have all destiny wrestling and they have uh smash as well and super kicked and and uh, i watched the match on destiny and i have to tell you uh, you made me laugh so much just with one line and that's what you do but um but you were wrestling psycho mike and billy gun and it was you and uh playboy and uh <laughs> billy gun said if you want to see us kick some ass give me a hell yeah 
And everybody went, hell yeah. And you weren't even mic'd up. And you were like, it was so funny. You were like, that's not even yours. That's not even yours. And and he was right. You're like, he was like, you're right. It's not mine, but it works. You know, and that's so funny. And as a comedian, I just, I loved it because, you know, if I saw somebody else doing somebody else's bit, I would call them out on it immediately. And I absolutely yeah. loved it. Of course, I, yes, I'd like to take a big stance against that. I didn't realize those shows were on Impact Plus. I guess my residual checks are still in the mail. <laughs> However, that match was uh, a blast. And when we got to the back, uh, Billy Gunn gave me the immortal quote. Uh, he said, man, this is the way that business used to be before you young kids fucked it up. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't know so, that you're an old soul in a young kid's body. Yeah, he doesn't know I'm 62. But we had coffee and underwear together, and I think he found that out very quickly. <laughs> so, no, I love Space Rocky. So do I. Yeah. I, love, I love that Dave Martin wants to be his manager. Oh, does he? Well, he wants to be his kimchi. Ah, that would be great. He wants to wear a, a white lab coat that says NASA and have, like, a prog. And, like, prog. I mean, like, no space. I, like, and... I've been there where he's tried to pitch this to Space Monkey. Oh, really? And Space Monkey stays in character, yeah, which makes me laugh. Yeah, that's awesome. So Dave's like, "Yeah, so I'd be like, I'd be like in a white, in a white lab coat, and I'd have like a, a NASA and a, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is so funny. He's actually pitching Space that's Monkey, great. and Space Monkey won't break character. Just the show. I don't know if you've heard the other one too, Simon. Oh yeah, Simon wants Simon to be. Simon wants to manage Josh Sampson. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was. I they both uh, have their plans on the. Yeah, I know. Managers. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sitting in the front and watch. Me too. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just watch. Yep. Thanks. I know that was a short clip. I know that was a very short clip with uh, with Dan Lovarski, but uh, please tune into that whole episode because it is fantastic. We talk more than about Space Monkey. We talk about everything. And, uh, you know, and uh, during the Summer Slam week that was in Toronto last year. So you're going to want to check that episode out. Um, second last clip tonight Jason Roust, as two time guest, brought on comedian Sam Walker from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, Sam's an interesting fellow. He used to actually work at BJ's Gym, which is the gym owned by Teddy uh, Teddy Hart's uh, father and uh, and run by him. And uh, all the wrestlers, whenever they used to go to Calgary, they always worked out at BJ's Gym. Um, so so Sam, is, uh, Sam Walker has seen it all. Uh, and uh, not only that, um, he tells us what it was like being a student and having uh, a very interesting substitute teacher come in and uh, teach him school every now and again when he was in grade 8. And we're going to go to that clip right now, and then we're going to follow it up uh, with the last clip, um, which, well, I'll be back for the intro for that. So second last clip, thanks for hanging in. Here's uh, Jason Rouse and Sam Walker talking about uh, their substitute teacher, uh, well, Sam Walker's substitute teacher in Calgary. Here, enjoy. Uh, well, I know you'll enjoy this clip. Bruce. Yes. He used to be my substitute social studies teacher. Social, okay. Yeah. Uh, him and Keith both were in the Calgary school system. And so when your teacher wouldn't be there, one of the hearts would be there. And Bruce would be wearing his fucking leather jacket. wearing At his school? Yeah. Sunglasses. 
with his fucking blonde hair. He's trying to pick up chicks. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to fuck high school girls? Great. Well, he did. Sorry to make that drop, but there's... Bruce oh, Hart L- dated a... Like no, no. He, he married a girl, like, very young, and started dating her when Jerry she was 16. Lee Lewis. Yeah, it was like no Jerry big deal. Lewis. It was no big deal. Hey, he was a teacher. He was a teacher. He was a teacher. It was Alberta. Alberta. She was Back awake was, when she was and married. And Bruce Hart. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I did bring that up, but well, anyways. And he'd wear his shit-kicking wrestling cowboy boots, and he'd have his feet on the fucking desk for the whole class, and he'd just talk shit about other wrestlers the whole the whole show. We'd be, ta- we'd be asking about, like, hey, can you do the sharpshooter? Enough of the sharpshooter. Let me tell you about The Undertaker. <laughs> just a farm really? boy from Texas. Yeah, spilling all this dirt. And this is in the 90s before internet and dirt sheets and stuff like that. So we were just God, that would be the best substitute teacher ever. Look, like, it Casey's was. gushing over I am so because... happy. Like, I would be like, I would be like, teacher's pet, teacher's pet, teacher's pet. He didn't even pet. take off his sunglasses the whole time. <laughs> it was awesome. So yeah. Bruce Hart wears his wrestling gear. To his high school. What, what grade are you in? I'm in grade eight, and it's okay. And this is and, and it's and it's high school. No, no. Uh, but we're getting, but grade eight. Grade eight's junior high. Yeah. Uh, seven to nine is oh, junior great, high. And great, then... great. So he's grade eight. You're like top of the school. Yeah. Then he's just walking the halls like he's fucking Kenny Powers. Well, he was substitute, <laughs> substitute teacher, right? Holy but yeah, well, shit. Kenny Powers was substitute teacher. <laughs> That's first right. Time. I was trying to place it. It's totally that. It's Kenny Powers. For reals. Leather jacket. The boots. The glasses, yeah. walking shit. down the hall, kids are like, Bruce Hart, Bruce Hart. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. fuck. Like, it's Kenny Powers. Well, that would have been right when wrestling wasn't really cool at the time. It was oh. after, that was like right around like fake Razor. Okay. And fake Razor Ramon? Fake yeah. Razor Ramon. Yeah, but Bruce Hart yeah. never had a knock on him. Like, as far as what he was, like, he brought Stampede back after they sold it. Yeah. Just and- without even... Without Spent even the like, family fortune, as yeah, Brett says like, in his book. Yeah, it's uh, that family is interesting because <laughs> Stu would always be rich, and then wrestling would drain him, and then he had so much property he would just sell a chunk of land, oh. and he'd be rich again. Yeah. All right, folks, you've reached the end of the episode, the end of the issue, the end of the festive, best of, best of, festive, and um. This year's highlight for me was uh, interviewing Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart. Uh, one of my favorite wrestling managers of all time. I find he's very underrated. Everybody always focuses on Paul Heyman or Bobby Heenan. But um, I, Jimmy Hart was always on the underneath of the card. He always had the tag champs or the intercontinental champs. He always had somebody with some gold, uh, which was fantastic because uh, his win-loss record was mostly winning. And uh, he's just, he's just fantastic. He was a fantastic person to interview, a fantastic person to hang out with, and uh, just a very genuine, nice guy who's seen it all in the business, and just so multi-talented. And uh, Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart was the episode, the issue of the year, and um, you know he's managed three of my heroes: Hulk Hogan, Bret the Hitman Hart. And this one, who we talk about right now, because uh, this was like the first major question I asked him, because, um, you know, I've always been obsessed with Andy Kaufman. If you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about Andy many, many times. 
But now getting to talk to somebody who has actually worked with Andy, who managed Andy in Memphis, uh, it was great hearing uh, what Jimmy had to say about... um, about uh, Andy Kaufman and uh, not a long clip just a short clip and we're going out on this and uh, thank you again uh, well I'll come back on and say thank you but um, yeah enjoy this clip of uh, of us riding along from Kingston to Toronto um, in a car driven by the boss man himself Alex Ross Hey, Alex, thank you for doing such a great job this year. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Alex Ross, who uh, works, uh, who is Never Sleeps Network. Uh, he never sleeps, and he always networks. And uh, he's a hell of a guy and a hell of a producer. And uh, this is the last clip. Jimmy Hart talking about Andy Kaufman. Hit it. Uh, back in your Memphis days, uh, we talked earlier in the car about Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman is one of, I'm a comedian uh, who's a wrestling fan, so surprise, Andy Kaufman's one of my heroes. And you uh, managed Andy Kaufman in Memphis and worked with him, and uh, I really feel like Andy Kaufman was a lot like superstar Billy Graham, where he was 20 years before his time. Like, um, you know, nobody, like, he was turned down by the WWE when they approached him because they didn't want... Uh, a guy who's on a number one TV show coming in and doing whatever he was going to do. And uh, thank God for Jerry Lawler in Memphis, uh, or else we would have never seen Andy's wrestling career. And, uh, you know, I, when Andy did the Breakfast of Blassie premiere, he showed up looking like Mr. T. Now, he was going through cancer, too, but I kind of think he, he wasn't very happy with Mr. T because two years after he decided to get into wrestling, now Vince Jr. is running the promotion. And Mr. T is an actor off the number one TV show, and he's doing wrestling. That must have drove him insane. But what I want to ask about Andy is, um, what do you, he he was obsessed with Elvis, and he loved bad guy wrestling. Do you think he would be jealous or envious of the Honky Tonk Man's character? I think he would love the Honky Tonk Man's character. But uh, when Andy was in Memphis, two things after the show on Monday night he'd have to do would have to drive by Elvis's house at Graceland, and we'd sit out there for 20 or 30 minutes uh, just watching people come and go. And then uh, his favorite wrestler was the nature boy, Buddy Rogers. And he had a lot of books on Buddy Rogers at the time we were in Memphis. But uh, the reason I was put with him in Memphis through Jerry the King Lawler was because Andy sometimes, when we'd go to the ring that late at night, he would take a lot of time on the floor doing his slapstick stuff and Lawler and them knew the audience was getting a little restless so I was with him all the time to kind of okay Andy time to get in the ring and we had a lot of great angles you know him and I tagged up together against Lawler then um, he turned on Lawler I turned on him we fought each other but it was like a year program that we had and they found out that when Andy passed away he still had all of his Memphis checks he had never cashed oh that's just I, I love hearing that. Thank you for sharing that with me because, you know, he just loved wrestling so much. And I get upset that he's like, I know the people are like, well, there's no actual Hall of Fame. But, you know, I think Andy should, I don't even think he should be in the celebrity ring, the wing. I think he deserves to be in, like, bonafide, full on. The WWE benefited from the movie Man on the Moon. They have Andy Kaufman action figures packaged with Jerry Lawler. 
And I, I don't understand why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, the Jerry Lawler moment, him taking pro wrestling and putting it on the David Letterman show, and it's one of the greatest hundred moments in, in television history. Um, you know, he made Jerry Lawler's name nationwide overnight. And I'm just like, I don't understand why someone who would do that much for wrestling, you know, he should be honored and they should put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, what do you think? Well, I'm sure he should have a place in there. But so should Cindy Lauper. Look at Cindy Lauper. 100%. I mean, Cindy Lauper, the first WrestleMania. That's why I was so excited to be on the first WrestleMania, because if it had not been successful, we wouldn't be doing this radio show now. But uh, like I said, Cindy Lauper, uh, Andy Coppin. But I'm sure as the years go by, I'm sure there's going to be room for everybody. Yeah, I agree totally. I agree as well. Um, so, yeah, that's great. That is great, Casey. And uh, that is great. Jimmy Hart, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, we'll see Jimmy Hart uh, when uh, the TNW podcast uh, goes to WrestleMania in Tampa Bay next year. Hopefully we'll run into Jimmy Hart. And uh, that will be great seeing Jimmy Hart again. Uh, folks, that's it. That's the best of best of best of the best of. And I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for hanging out with us for another year. Um, I hope you guys all had a great holiday and a festive season. I hope you had uh, lots of eggnog. And uh, once again, I want to thank uh, everybody at Never Sleeps Network for doing such a great job. And most of all, I want to thank the listeners. Uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears for another episode of the TNW Pod Talking Wrestling. Until next time, uh, I'm Casey Corbin, and uh, we'll be back next issue with uh well we're we're in 2020 and uh we'll be talking about wrestle kingdom in new japan pro wrestling so uh until then uh i'm gonna go watch some wrestling have a great one Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.